Welcome to All That Sacred, unofficial podcast for the Pearl Jam fan. This is the 79th episode in a collector series, and I am your host, Donnie, broadcasting today from right here in Mount Sai Studios in the foothills of the Cascades. And that track you just heard to get things going, a little tune called Sonic Tonic. It's an instrumental from Jack Irons off of his album, No Heads Are Better Than One. Came out late last year. I was trying to think, why have I never played this on the podcast before? And I think it's because it was released right around the time I decided to take a three-month hiatus from the podcast. So, better late than never. And real excited to go ahead and play that for you here today. Because it just kind of feels spring-like and maybe kind of summery and just kind of a cool, chill song. And I could use a little bit of that right now because I'm not getting any of that type of feeling when I look out my window. It's still super gray, super rainy, and super cold some days here in the Pacific Northwest. We just can't seem to catch a break. Couple Like a week and a half ago, we finally got like a sunny day. And the pollen was so bad, I was praying for rain again. So hopefully things will settle down. Things will bloom and get warmer and, you know, get going here in the Pacific Northwest because Lord knows I could use it right about now. I'm feeling pretty vitamin D deficient. But enough about me and my little struggles uh, (laughs) with the weather out here. Let's talk about Pearl Jam and... You know, there's really not a whole lot to talk about Pearl Jam uh, right now. The Versus Vitology reissue just hit most people's mailboxes, and people are stoked for that. Looks pretty sweet. Super deluxe edition especially. I didn't spring for it this time because I'm saving my money and waiting to hear about this Pearl Jam 20 weekend bash somewhere in the middle of the country. It's Pearl Jam 20, Cameron Crowe directed film and book that's going to accompany that. Uh, those are the things that people are really sitting on the edge of their seat for right now. I don't have to tell you that. But the guy's focus, it seems to be to end last year and to start this year, has been on side projects away from Pearl Jam. And I'm down with that. I'm cool with that. I'm I'm glad that the guys like to take time away from the band. I think that helps keep them interested in the band and interesting to try out new things with uh, other musicians and artists are sometimes solo and I think it makes them better as Pearl Jam they come back renewed re-energized and are excited and to be back together as a as a unit and uh, I think that's one of the reasons while we're here 20 years on still getting to hear this band you know because they don't really have many contemporaries from their era they're the ones that have lasted and i think i think it's because they take time away and do their own things for a while i think they've all spoken to that so that being the case that being where the focus is right now we're going to spend a little bit of time exploring that on this here podcast we've done that before we're going to do it again i hope you're down with that uh to get things started you know talked enough to start the podcast Since we're talking side projects, of course, the one that's the topic du jour right now is this Eddie Vedder solo tour. uh, Wrapped up the first leg down under in Australia last week. And, of course, the tour stateside here domestically was announced last week. And it was an absolute freaking ticket frenzy. And I was going for tickets because finally the tour ends with... Two shows, Benaroya Hall here in Seattle, not any of this Kenyon Hall bullshit that only a few people are lucky enough to get into. A real proper hometown Eddie Vedder solo show. Could not be more stoked for that. Of course, I went for the 10 Club pre-sale, and of course, I missed out like many of you guys did. No luck whatsoever. It's majorly frustrating. I get it. It's a tough, it's just a tough ticket to get. I don't know. I think it's a no-win situation for us fans and even for Ten Club because the allocation has to be small, considering they're playing these tiny theaters. And um, you know, then thankfully, Ten Club, to their credit, they did have a second pre-sale through Ticketmaster using a password. I got lucky for the first night at Benaroya Hall using that. Still not a pair, so me and the wife aren't sitting together, but I got two singles pretty close. But hey, we're in the building. 
which is a lot better than being on the sidewalk, which is where we were for the Benaroya Pearl Jam show back in 2003. And, uh, of course, on Friday they announced the second show. We went for that show. Ended up finally getting a pair. We're up on the third tier. Again, not primo seats, but we're in the building, and it sure as hell beats being on the sidewalk. So super stoked for that, and I'm not sitting here trying to gloat because I know a lot of people got left out in the cold, struck out on the 10 Club pre-sale, struck out on the Ticketmaster pre-sale, and then stuck, struck out on the general sale. The only thing I can tell you is don't give up hope. Uh, network your Pearl Jam communities because you never know when another fan might be able to help you out and get you in the door. And then, of course, go to the Pearl Jam uh They'll go to the Pearl Jam. Go to the Eddie Vedder show itself. If you're actually close to the venue, still don't have a ticket the day of the show, go down there. Because when I was in Atlanta in 2009, I was shocked to see how many people were looking to unload tickets the day of the show, last minute, at or even below cost. So network your Pearl Jam community and don't give up hope because uh, you just you never know. You, you know, if you give up, you're guaranteed one thing: you won't be in the building that night. So don't give up. Uh, but it is a frustration, and I'm right there with you. I mean, shit, Vancouver, 2008, Eddie Vedder solo tickets, worst t- ticket-getting experience of my life, period. It was awful. I mean, that was like the wasted week. But I ended up getting tickets to both of those shows. Eventually, you know, you just got to keep on trying. So anyway, uh, enough chit-chat for me. Let's hear some music from Eddie Vedder. Uh you know, in addition to this tour, it's uh, you got a DVD coming out. It's a compilation from the 2008 Washington, D.C. shows. And then a new album coming out called Ukulele Songs, appropriately featuring a bunch of ukulele songs. And uh, that being the case, I thought we should play a ukulele song to continue the music here on today's podcast. Of course, the very first time we ever heard Ed with the ukulele was on the binaural album with the tune soon forget and i was trying to think how they you know of a good version of that song to feature on today's podcast and i i was digging around and guess what they played one or i should say he played one on this day in pearl jam history today's date is april 6th and on this day in pearl jam history in 2003 the guys played a great set in Houston, Texas, and to start one of the encores, Ed came out with a little bit of banter and played Soon Forget. Of course, the banter relates to the Denver show that had just happened a couple days earlier, and if you remember back in 2003, Denver, very politically charged time in our nation's history. Eddie was in the press for all the wrong reasons. You know, he did his little performance art thing during Bush Leaguer with the Bush mask. People misinterpreted that thing. The press actually created a story where there was no story, saying Ed violently impaled the Bush mask on the mic stand, and uh, people were leaving in droves, and it was like this big thing, and uh, other press outlets jumped on it, and next thing you know, you got the likes of Bill O'Reilly, you know, talking about Eddie Vedder on Fox News and shit like that. And it was just kind of much ado about nothing. I mean, not to say that nobody left, but it wasn't the way it was purported. And Eddie impaling the mask was not the way it was reported. So Eddie speaks to that, and the Bantridge introduced a song, asked for a different mask. Of course, I guess this time he's pulling out his Bill Gates mask. And, uh, you know, is dedicating to soon forget to Bill Gates, which I think is a little unfair, personally. I know Bill Gates, you know, I'm not a big defender of Microsoft and their business practices, but Bill Gates, for being one of the richest dudes on the planet, seems to live a pretty modest life and seems to give a lot back through his foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So I think some of the criticism... Ed's leveled at him over the years has been a little unfair personally, but uh, that's neither here nor there. So let's get into it here. Let's hear this tune. The Ute tune, Soon Forget, from 2003 in Houston. Hear another Ute tune that's a little more current, and then we'll be back to continue today's podcast. Ah, Houston. 
Whoever said you were just a hick town with more millionaires per square inch, it wasn't me. Uh, I just wanted to say while we were playing Houston, I just wanted to say fuck Dallas. You know, I don't even, we don't, it's not that we really feel that way, but it's just freedom of speech. You just got, it's fun. I think we have to come back and play Dallas. <laughs> Next. I uh, just want to thank, uh, again, one of the great bands, uh, Slater Kinney, for playing with us. All right, here's a little number on a little instrument with little time left. Someone go get my Bill Gates mask, it's in the wardrobe case. Really quick. Who was here the last time that we played? It's the same people. All right, well, thank you. Coming back for more. Well, last time uh, I was here, I got to meet my uh, my little nephew. It's called uh, Gary. Yeah, Uncle Eddie. So I got to see him again today. I know. I, I just want to have the Bill Gates mask because I want to show you what it looks like to impale something on a stick in a ritualistic manner. Okay, so it goes like this. First you wear the mask. You do a little dance, you take the mask off. This is, this is the impalement part. You gotta watch close, because it happens fast. Take it like this. Total impalement. It's an insane, sick ritual that I invented. Because I'm a sick fuck and a celebrity. And while he's suffering there, beheaded and impaled, I sing the song to him, and it goes like this. Sorry is the fool who trades his soul for a Corvette. Thinks he'll get the girl, he'll only get the mechanic. What's missing? He's living a day he'll soon forget. That's one more time around The sun is going down The moon is out but he's drunk and shouted Putting people down He's stiffening Everything man will soon forget Counts his money every morning The only thing that keeps him horny 
All locked in a giant house that's alarming. The townsfolk, they all laugh. <laughs> Sorry as the fool trades his love for high-rise rent. Seems the more you make the loneliness you get, and it's fitting. It's barely living a hill soon forget. That's one more time around, and there is not a sound. He's lying dead, touching Benjamin's never put the money down. He's stiffening. This is the part, though. He's stiffening. We're all whistling. A man will soon Longing to Belong, the first single off of the aforementioned ukulele songs. I am super stoked for this release. I remember when Ed premiered that tune along with some other ukulele songs back in 2002. Uh, Just being totally blown away by those songs, especially I think my favorite was the tune Satellite. And always wish that they get a proper release. And it seems like that day is upon us. And I couldn't be more excited for that myself personally. So hopefully you're down with that. And uh, at this point in the podcast, I was planning to change directions and play some music from uh, another band member, a side project that they're in. And uh, somebody audibled me. <laughs> Usually I'm the one that audible people. But I got a last minute request from somebody. Um and uh, get back to my uh, my Facebook page here, which if you don't know, we have a home on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash allthatsacred. Of course, we have a home on the web at allthatsacred.net, and we do the Twitter thing too. My handle is at allthatsacred. But anyway, a couple of days ago, 
got a message popped up on the Facebook page from McKenna asking on the next podcast, would you mind playing Last Kiss for me? I would really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the request. And McKenna had written me a couple days earlier saying, thanks, you made my seven-hour road trip uh, fly by. Thanks so much. So anybody that can endure my ass rambling, playing some Pearl Jam tunes for seven hours is definitely getting a request played on this podcast. And uh, that request was, of course, Last Kiss. Now, the problem was, uh, how do I find an Eddie Vedder solo Last Kiss, especially when all these solo Ed bootlegs from these shows over the last couple years are off limits per 10 Club. And uh, found a Eddie Vedder solo performance of Last Kiss from a Pearl Jam show from that same tour in 2003, but this was in Osaka, Japan, on March 4th, 2003. Again, a little bit of Ed banter. I guess he was inspired to play this song uh, for somebody who might not have even known it, and it just seemed like a cool moment in that show. So this is Last Kiss from Osaka, Japan, 2003. This is for McKenna by request. Question... Can I speak a little English? Um, This song is for someone I met at the train station today. Osaka train station. It's more of a car song. Um, And uh, by myself, with your help.
So there's a, a good car song for you, McKenna, as Ed stated in the introduction to that version of Last Kiss from Osaka, Japan in 2003. I hope you dig that. And again, really appreciate you jamming some ATS on your seven-hour road trip. And I really appreciate the request for that tune. I hope you like that version of that song, an Eddie Vedder solo version of Last Kiss. Uh, pretty sweet, but... Enough with the Ed. Let's move on here and let's appreciate some of the side project offerings from some of these other guys in the band. And we'll start with Stone Gossard and Brad. And confession time. <laughs> I really didn't like Brad when they first showed up, you know, way back in the early 90s. I didn't hate him. I just was kind of indifferent to him. I thought, well, that's nice. Stone's doing something different. I uh, really didn't have much of an appreciation for them. But I'll tell you, over time, I've really grown to love this band a lot. I think they're freaking awesome. All these guys in the band, you know, aside from Stone, uh, Regan, uh, Sean Smith, Mike Berg, Keith Lowe, all these guys are fantastic musicians. And I think that's where I really grew to love them is the opportunity, which I'm lucky. I know in Seattle I get to see them live a lot over the last couple of years. And just really grew to love them. And one song that's a favorite of mine, especially live, was a tune that was definitely flying under my radar because it was on an album of theirs that didn't get a lot of attention. You know, Shame was their first album, got quite a bit of attention. Interiors, their second album, got, I think, even more attention. Of course, this last release was very well received, Best Friends. But uh, Welcome to Discovery Park, some years ago, uh, was out there. There was some awareness, but... Uh, Flew under a lot of people's radar, myself included. And there's a great, great, great song on that album. And it's called Never Let Each Other Down. And I uh, always love hearing this tune live. And so I wanted to play a version of that for you. And last year when they were torn uh, with Band of Horses and some on their own, they managed to do an iTunes sessions and uh, did a recording of this song there, and it was just awesome. And so that's what we're going to play for you here now. And if you like that tune, run out to iTunes, buy the whole set, because it's only 4 bucks, and it's just great top to bottom, start to finish. So uh, let's move on here. Here's some of this now. Brad, never let each other down from the iTunes sessions last year, 2010. Enjoy it. If there's anything I could say If there's any way I could prove Then I would never try To do those bad things to you Let each other down We never let each other down 
Let's move from smooth and soulful to the hard rockin' hooks of Mike McCready and his side project, Flight to Mars. I love me some Flight to Mars. Uh, it's an annual benefit. It's been going on almost 10 years. I've caught just about every single show, and it's one of my favorite nights of the year because it's just so much fun. Uh, Mike and his buddies are up there just almost being like, you know, 13 or 14 and living out their rock star dreams and just hamming it up and playing it up and having a blast. And all these guys, again, just like Brad, fantastic musicians. And uh, it's just a great, great night. And it benefits, it's a benefit show. It benefits CCFA, the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation, Northwest Chapter, and advocacy for patients with chronic illness. And it's become such a popular thing, especially with the VIP wish list pre-party that a lot of people even travel in for it. And if you've never had the opportunity, if you've ever thought about taking the opportunity, I would strongly suggest you be here one of these years for it because you're going to have a blast, period. And me personally always will have a special place in my heart uh, for what happened last year which I don't know if you remember, but if you don't or you weren't around for it, go back, dig up podcast number 50. I had the opportunity to volunteer at the pre-party, hang out at the pre-party, interview some other fans that were there, and then actually had the opportunity to sit down with Mike McCready one-on-one and talk to him for about five to seven minutes. So definite highlight for me in this here podcast and it was all as a result of Flight to Mars wish list and the VIP, VIP pre-party. So I'm getting tongue-tied just talking about it. It was great. It was fantastic. And I can't wait to do it all over again on Friday. So I don't think I'll be at the VIP pre-party, but I'm going to be at the show. And I, I can't wait. It's always a great night out. So uh, Mike up there uh, shredding dueling guitars with Tim DiGiulio, buddy of his, who is a fantastic guitar player in his own right. Uh, it's just incredible to see him and Mike trade licks. You got Ty Bailey on keys, who's a world-class guy on the keys. Paul Passarelli on vocals, hamming it up, doing his thing. Kelly Van Camp on drums, and then Mr. Gary Westlake on bass, holding everything down. You gotta, you know, I can't say enough about it. I love this band and I love that night. And uh, I'm gonna quit gushing and play this next tune for you. I don't know when it was from, I do know where it's from. It's a rip audio rip from their MySpace page, a little too hot to handle. Oh 
Well, you're welcome. Thank you, Flight to Mars. Doing a little too hot to handle. Cannot wait to hear that on Friday. And if you're anywhere near Seattle in the show box, you owe it to yourself to be there if you weren't planning to be there already. I will be there. Come hang out with me and rock out with me and a bunch of other Pearl Jam freaks having a great night. And all for a good cause, raising money for Crohn's and Clyde's Foundation, Northwest Chapter, Camp Oasis, and Advocacy for Patients with Chronic Illness. Always, always a great night. One of my favorite nights. But you already knew that because I've rambled on about that. So let's move on along. And uh, if you did not get enough Mike McCready on that next last track, you're going to get some more on this next track. Because even though it's Jeff's side project, it features Mike McCready. Of course, I am talking about Trace Mountains. And uh, they released Three Mountains, the album. And then toured in support of that, just maybe a handful of dates uh, here and there around the country. Uh, Jeff took Mike on the road with him and Doug Pinnock and Richard Stuvered. And while they were in New York City, managed to hit the studios of Sirius XM Satellite Radio and record a special set for the Rob and Pearl Jam Radio on March 24th. And I don't know if a lot of people had the chance to hear that, but somebody ripped it and I got an audio copy. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to it, you missed out. They played, I think, three songs. And the last one in particular I thought was fantastic. It really stood out to me. And one reason was because of Mike. (laughs) His playing just really seemed to elevate that thing. And by the end, he was just shredding like a madman. And uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear it, Uh, You're going to get a chance to hear it now because it was so fantastic. The name of the song is called She's My New Song. And uh, it's, uh, well, I'm not even going to describe it anymore. You can just hear it for yourself. Here you go.
Soundgarden track, Room a Thousand Years Wide, off of the new album Live on I-5. And that track specifically was from December 7th, 1996, at a Vancouver, B.C. sound check. And I thought it was just awesome and seemed to fit well against She's My New Song from Trace Mountains and had to feature something from Matt playing with Soundgarden. And Matt actually wrote the tune, uh, wrote the music for that last tune uh, with uh, guitarist Kim penning the lyrics. It's one of the few Soundgarden songs that actually had no input whatsoever from Chris Cornell. And so, again, wanted to feature something from Matt with Soundgarden. Those guys are working together again. They're recording new music, uh, uh, supposedly. And, of course, you know, there's a bunch of rumors about them hitting the road again and playing some more dates. So, as a lot of Pearl Jam Nation uh, excited, some uh, less so because that's time that Matt will be taken away from the band. But uh, even larger than uh, Pearl Jam Nation has a lot of rock fans excited because, uh, you know, it's the return of Soundgarden. So looking forward to that and, uh, you know, moving along uh, with other side projects and other bands that predate Pearl Jam. uh, One that was rumored for a while was Green River. There was some uh, activity on Green River's MySpace page hinting that, they're getting together, recording some new stuff, playing some some you know dates again, which actually had me excited because when Green River reunited here recently, I never seemed to be able to catch any of the Seattle dates. Uh, they played multiple ones and I think opened for the Melvins two nights, but for whatever reason, my schedule just wouldn't allow it, and so I've kind of always been kicking myself and really was hoping to see that again, and uh, never happened. So um, made me think of this next track uh, from Pearl Jam show in December of 2005, December 4th, in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. The guys were on tour with Mud Honey, Mark Arm, and Steve Turner came out, so it was a bit of a Green River pearl jam fusion if you will and uh busted out the old mc5 tune kick out the jams it was freaking fantastic mark arm absolutely owns this tune and if pearl jam is really going to do what they're rumored to be doing with this pj20 fest and inviting all their old friends to play uh chances hopefully would be good that we could get a recreation of this tune with these guys it's pretty fantastic so check that out kick out the jams uh we're ending things you know you notice how things are accelerating and getting faster and louder uh towards the end of the the podcast that was absolutely by design we're going out on an upbeat high note today so here you go this ain't it yet we're coming back but uh for now right now Right now, Rio de Janeiro, it's time to kick out the jams, motherfuckers!
Here's a 20-year-old question. What would it be like if Skinyard, Shadow, and Green River played at MC5? <laughs> Indeed, it answered that age-old question. I like the way Mark Arm thinks. And uh, almost got a like, couple seconds there, some free jazz. So anyway, uh, that really elevated things for me. Uh, I know you can hear it in my voice. <laughs> it always cracks me up. I guess I'm a little too deadpan sometimes. Sometimes I go back and I listen to the podcast and I'll say, oh, I was so excited about this and... I guess I really don't convey my excitement sometimes, so I'm working on that better. Um, but anyway, we're just about done here. Podcast number 79 is just about a done deal. Hope you enjoyed exploring some Pearl Jam side projects and whatnot. And um, I thought we would end things the way we started them, and that's with an instrumental. And there's a pretty smoking instrumental that you guys are probably getting pretty familiar with by now. And it's off the new Versus Vitology reissue. And boy, out of a lot of things that have surfaced over the last couple of years, this one really has you wondering, has me wondering at least, what could have been with this song because it fucking rocks. And the only thing missing, it is totally complete. And the only thing missing is uh, some vocal stylings from one Eddie Vedder. So I don't know how or why this thing ended up on the cutting room floor, but it did, and it's a shame because it's an incredible track. And it's the instrumental track, Creedy Stomp, off of this Versus Vitology reissue. So again, started with an instrumental with the Jack Irons tune. Got to end with an instrumental with this Creedy Stomp. And uh, and that's it. We're done. So oh. Appreciate you coming along for the ride. Appreciate everything. Um, you have been listening to the 79th installment of All That's Sacred, unofficial podcast for the Pearl Jam fan. I'm your host, Donnie. I am signing out. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.